0: It's time for a real estate roundup. This is the time every single week we get together with noted real estate agent Terry Story. Terry's a 29-year veteran with Keller Williams located in Boca Raton, Florida. Welcome back to the show, Terry. Thanks for having me, Steve. All right, Terry, last week we were talking about pricing your home, and we came on a situation that we had to stop because of time, but I want to continue to explore today. Sure. So you were telling us that there was a home that should have been priced Around the high eight hundred thousands, let's call sell, it sell, sell rather for nine hundred thousand. Let's just round it up a little bit. But the seller was pricing it at one point one million. Take it from there.
1: Okay, so if you price a house at one point one million and the comparables show that the house is worth nine hundred, this is what's going to happen. Virtually, you're going to get very little activity. The million dollar mark is a huge number. So if if the home is going to sell under a million, you shouldn't be priced over a million. Now. Here's how you know what's going on. If you have the home on the market, it's on the market now, regardless of price, for two weeks and nobody comes to look at it, the market is speaking and is telling you you're overpriced. Because
0: people are looking online, they're looking at the comps, they're looking and they're seeing lower comps. And this this one's- Well, a the, the buyers,
1: remember, the, the, the buyers, buyers dictate the price and they're online shopping. There's thousands and thousands of websites. So if they don't make the conversion from looking at the home online to coming out and taking a look at it, it's not that they haven't seen the house. They did actually see your house. They just chose not to come see it in person because they don't see the value there. Gotcha. So if you priced it under a million, you would absolutely pick up more activity. All right.
0: So if you don't see anything in two weeks, it's overpriced.
1: Or, and the other way to look at it, you have a property and you have 10 showings Uh and no offer. Mm -hmm. That's another indication that- you're overpriced.
0: All right. So that's, you know, fascinating. But remember months ago, we were talking about this concept of instead of pricing it over and then negotiating something in between, we'll say what the value is, you price it slightly under the market, trying to elicit a bidding war.
1: That's right. That's a pricing strategy and it works quite well. You have to know the numbers. You have to know what the value is. But if you take a property and you price it slightly under, you should have a bidding war. Yeah. And the reason that is, there's a lot of buyers out there, mm-hmm. and buyers buy when they see good value. Mm-hmm. They do not make offers on properties that they don't feel is of good
0: value. Okay. So I want to take it to an extreme because sure. I would worry about that a little bit. I like the concept very much. So you price it, people start to bid. Then the Animal spirits start to rise, and it's like, ah, so what's another 25,000? It's only pennies per month. And you get into this whole thing, right? What if you priced it under the market? Let's say it was worth 900 and you priced it at 850, and then someone came in and says, I'll pay you 850 cash. And you say, Oh, no, I wanted a bidding (laughs) war and I'm not getting one. First of all, can you say no?
1: As a seller, you can say no. You're not required to accept any offer. Now, the question what you're really asking me is, or another realtor would want to know is, if I bring you an offer and it's full price, Mm -hmm. what's the obligation of the seller? Some people believe, and depending on your contract, and you have to read listing agreements, if it is full price, that the agent is entitled to a commission. Whether
0: you sell it or not. Whether
1: you sell it or not. Now, the defense to all of that is there's always terms. Because a lot of the listing agreements, at least the ones that I'm familiar with, mm-hmm. don't spell out the terms. So you could argue, well, yes, you gave me my price, but you didn't close in two days. Wow. Uh, you, know, oh, the, those the, guys.
0: you can write it up so it won't work.
1: Right. So, okay. you know, I guess the point of the whole story is if you are a seller and you're considering, you know, doing something like this, just know what's in the listing agreement. What are you obligating yeah. yourself to? Yeah.
0: Well. What if it was really a great price? And I said, here's $850,000. Let's close tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: the seller may have said, no, I really wanted to close a year from now. So, <laughs> like,
0: okay, let's close a year from now. You
1: know? <laughs> uh, no, really, I want to close uh, one day after. <laughs> Whatever you want.
0: Okay. All right, I get it. All right. I want to change gears here because I found this really very interesting. You know, you see constantly information about the wage gap The gender wage gap. Yep. How women make less than men. So when you extrapolate those lower numbers and then you assign, let's say, a percentage of your income that you should only be putting towards your mortgage, and kind of general rule of thumb is 28%. Right. 28%. Yeah. Good rule of thumb. So if you make less and you apply the 28%, that means that as a woman, let's say a single woman, you really can't afford the same amount type of houses or the amount availability of houses that a man can who makes more and can afford. So give us some statistics on this and let's let's, let's go through that.
1: Okay, well, here's some things about it. If you are a woman and you're in this situation, there are things that you can do to combat this situation. First, don't let the down payment scare you away, Mm -hmm. number one, because last week we discussed this and now you can get 3% down payment loans. Freddie Mac. Through, through Fred, exactly, Freddie Mac. Yeah,
0: Mack. so 3%. So don't be afraid of that to begin with. Right. Because there is money out there where you only have to put 3% down.
1: The other option you have is line up a guarantor or co-borrower. Okay. So that, you know that's an option for you. Third option, consider a fixer-upper. You may not be getting the same quality of house as that man is, but certainly you can consider purchasing something more like a fixer-upper. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Look at homes well below your means. That's a safeguard. Everyone actually should be doing this.
0: Not in Boca, but... Right. (laughs) Everything's expensive here. Okay, go ahead.
1: And then minimize your credit card debt. So if your credit card debt is minimal, two things. You have less debt, number one. And number two, you, you will potentially have a higher credit score. And with a higher credit score, you can actually obtain a lower interest rate When it comes to purchasing, so that could really help.
0: So you really want you're kind of in competition, and you're starting out with a disadvantage. So getting a good credit score would be a a a strong component of you being able to get a mortgage and get a better rate, and that may give you the ability to buy a little bit more expensive house. That's correct. Okay, very good. You know there are some statistics here. I was shocked by these. So um, when looking at where these discrepancies really matter. In some of the urban areas, the results were pretty bleak. Seattle, for instance, has the biggest wage housing gap. Men can afford nearly 150% more homes than women. Wow. In Colorado Springs, Miami, San Diego, San Jose. In Colorado Springs, for example, men can afford 122% more homes than women. And even in San Diego, it's still a significant 68%. So that's a large, large numbers. You know, women's wages have to rise in order for them, obviously, to be on par doing the same work. But it has effects downstream that you just really never think about. I thought we would bring this up today. Very good. My guest, as always, is Terry Story, a 29-year veteran with Keller Williams, located in Boca Raton, Florida. And she can be found at TerryStory.com. Thanks, Terry.
1: Thanks for having me, Steve.